0: This
1: is The Daily Chain Podcast, a community-based discussion where we talk with key crypto personalities and projects, helping you navigate the opportunity ahead.
0: Hello, friendos. Today, we have Luke Powell, one of the lead developers from Decred on The Daily Chain Podcast. I have to tell you, I haven't had as much fun researching this project and discussing it with Luke for a long time. Decred was described to me as a crypto-heads crypto and with all the features, it's a suitable moniker. I hope you guys enjoy the show as much as I enjoyed recording it. Luke is a stand-up guy and he personifies why many of us find ourselves in this interesting space at this juncture in time. Remember, you can always reach out to Daily Chain Pod on Twitter so that's at dailychainpod, or email me at mark at thedailychain.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Enjoy the show. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. We are very, very lucky. We've got Luke Powell, who's one of the developers from the Decred Project. And this is a project I didn't know too much about the project before I started researching for this uh, podcast. And I've got to say, I love it. So I'm really happy that Luke's here. So So welcome.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Uh, excited to be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've been reading pages and pages. I've gone down the proverbial rabbit hole, my friend, I must say. So <laughs> before we get into it, um, you know, my, my first question is we're all here because of Bitcoin. That was the first cryptocurrency. Can you tell us a, a little bit about your thoughts around Bitcoin and, and what brought you to the space? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a huge fan of Bitcoin. Um, I originally
1: got into the space through Bitcoin, like most people, you know, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin in particular, um, they're they're really the only way to opt out of the fiat system, right? And that's what intrigued me. Once I started getting into the space and going down the crypto rabbit hole, um, I eventually came upon Decred. And what really interests me about Decred in particular is it does something that one, Bitcoin could never actually do. not from a technical standpoint, but from a you know practical political standpoint, mm-hmm. so it makes an iteration on Bitcoin that can 't be copied and it 's actually something that 's extremely useful um, and something that arguably is a problem in bitcoin um, so those that in itself was really intriguing, and then the quality of the team um, you know one thing i 'm sure we 'll talk about is just the original decred developers, but yeah, so you know before they were they launched decred, they were. Bitcoin developers, they built BTC Suite, which is the, the uh, Golang Bitcoin implementation. And then even before that, they originally met up in the OpenBSD community, which if you're not familiar with OpenBSD, it is just an open source operating system with a uh, focus on security and privacy. So they have decades of experience you know, building open source technology focused on security and privacy, and they're really just a world caliber team that um, I wanted to work with. I wanted to be able to to learn from, and it was those two big aspects that attracted me to Decred in
0: particular. Okay. So let, let me take you back a couple of steps. So you, you discovered Bitcoin like most people do and they find out about this thing. It's going up astronomically. It's this way of opting out of the traditional fiat system It's separation of money from the state and all those kind of things. How long was it in your crypto journey, so to speak that you came across Decred, credit and you're like, hang on, this might be a little bit better.
1: Yeah, it was probably about a year and a half, two years in. I Originally got introduced to Decred probably about the beginning of 2017. So Decred was originally launched in February 2016, um, and it flew under the radar for quite a while. But in 2017, Jake, who is the project lead, started uh, doing some more public appearances. He did a presentation at Coinbase that I saw online. Um, And so that's how I originally got introduced to the project and, and started learning about it. And Decred was really unique in the fact that You know, when I first got involved in Bitcoin, it was such a cool project that I wanted to buy Bitcoin just because I wanted to be involved in it. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't really care if I lost the money. I just wanted to be a part of it. And there are very, Decred is the only other project that I really felt that about, um, this concept of this global DAO. and just this this new type of organizational structure that I'm sure we'll get into here in a second, and it just fascinated me, and I just wanted to uh, to learn more about it. And once I started going down the decred rabbit hole, you know, it it I knew I wanted to be a part of this project and start contributing full time.
0: Well, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie; I feel like I've been on the same journey going through it, and I, I just want to know more about it and more about the community. So I completely empathize with you as far as that's concerned. So. Decred has been described as a hedge against Bitcoin. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Bitcoin. I love everything it represents philosophically, its capabilities, the technology, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, as I've investigated more about Decred, it has so many more capabilities, I guess, features and benefits that aren't really there for Bitcoin. Um, and, you know, it's it's a hedge against Bitcoin as a store of value, you know alternatively to the, to the standard monetary system as well. But more importantly, it is a fork of the original BTC code. So can you go over what the main differences are between Decred and Bitcoin? Sure. So we kind of have to talk
1: about Bitcoin a little bit to kind of understand how Decred iterated upon Bitcoin. So during the process of building out this, this Golang Bitcoin implementation, right? the original core team of uh, Decred developers experience firsthand some of the challenges with Bitcoin's informal governance, right? So in Bitcoin They have adopted this policy of no hard forks um, that all You know network upgrades need to be soft forks meaning that they all need to be backwards compatible Um, a hard fork is just a non backwards compatible network upgrade and so that even if there are changes made to bitcoin users don't have to run those changes right they can run any version of the software they want and the block size debate really illustrated this point and really solidified this no hard fork position mainly because if if bitcoin allowed hard forks right then there'd have to be some group or some entity that is making the decision about which hard forks are legitimate and which hard forks are not legitimate right and so if this entity or this group exists then it can also be co-opted and so they adopted the policy of no hard forks but that's challenging because you know technological change is extremely hard to predict right there will be instances in the future um you know probably not in the next couple years but if we're talking on a multi-decade time horizon there will absolutely be instances where bitcoin will have to hard fork and if there's no mechanism built into the protocol to facilitate that decision making process, um, it can just lead to very unpredictable and undesirable outcomes. So Decred kind of took this this challenge of how do we make decisions as a project in a decentralized manner? And that's what they set out to solve. Um, That and also part of that is how do we pay for these decisions? So how do we continue to fund the development of the protocol? And so the way Decred solves it is we use a hybrid proof of work proof-of-stake consensus mechanism where we still rely on the underlying security guarantees of proof-of-work, but then we add on a proof-of-stake aspect that allows for stakeholder voting. So if you own Decred, you can choose to lock that Decred up um, and actually participate in the governance process. So the people making the decisions about, you know, which hard forks should be incorporated, uh, how the network treasury should be, should be spent. Um, They are the people who actually have skin in the game. They're the ones taking the risk by owning and locking up that Decred and they're able to help govern the protocol. So that's one aspect of Decred's governance. And then the second aspect uh, that I just mentioned is the network treasury. So this is another problem throughout the whole cryptocurrency industry is how do we fund this open source software? And there's different models. You know, you have the community donation model, you have the venture capital model. The issues with these models is that they introduce misaligned incentives, meaning, you know, in Bitcoin, let's just take Blockstream, for example, which is one of the major Bitcoin development shops. They are VC funded. You know, they've raised a hundred plus million dollars and those VCs have to earn a return on that money. So Mm -hmm. the, the incentives, right? The the VCs interests are not necessarily going to align with the long-term interest of the Bitcoin holders. Um, And so you really need a sustainable funding source built into the protocol and that's what Decred does. We take 10% of the block award, we set it off to the side into a network treasury, and we allow the stakeholders to decide how that network treasury is spent.
0: Yeah, so that's a good segue to one of my questions. It's Is, is it Politea? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, it's Politea. P- Politea, yeah, close enough. So Politea, from my understanding, is a, a repository of possible projects or Suggestions or proposals, which, or, or a roadmap, even as it were, which the community can decide on which way you want to go down from a governance point of view. And the treasury, which is taken from 10% of the block rewards, can be used to pay various different projects or people who want to contribute to the code in any kind of way or the project, whether it's a PR a uh, pre project or additional uh, wallet or anything like that. Is, is that correct?
1: Yes, that's, a, that's correct, essentially. So Politea is our proposal system. So the way, the direction that we're heading and the goal that we're heading for is that if you are a developer, a development group, a marketing group, or just anybody that can add value to Decred and you want to uh, work for Decred and get paid in Decred, what you can do is you can write a proposal for that work. You can submit it to Politea, And then the Decred stakeholders will vote on which proposals to fund and which teams to fund, which roadmaps to fund. And then we're also in the process of of actually hooking up uh, Politea to the network treasury so that any spending essentially coming out of the network treasury also has to be explicitly approved by the Decred stakeholders. Um, So at that point, it would be a, a true DAO built into the actual protocol where the stakeholders are making all of the decisions both on, you know, hard fork changes as well as treasury
0: spending. So I guess I want to play devil's advocate here for a bit because I come from, I'm by no stretch of the imagination, a Bitcoin maximalist, maybe a Bitcoin mostimalist. I love the fact of decentralization. No one really is in charge per se, which is both a blessing and a curse in in some point of view. But, you know, I want to understand is there kind of any animosity from the bitcoin community towards decred because there is a community of i supposed uh, important and influential indivi- individuals who are behind the project and if you are a large state a large stakeholder ie an early adopter or those kind of things you have more of an advantage in the way that the trajectory the governance goes.
1: Are the are you talking about the governance for Decred? If you're an early stakeholder, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, so this is also another point. point important point.
1: So in Decred, the block award is split: sixty uh, percent proof of work, thirty percent proof of stake, ten percent network treasury. So what that means is that the proof of work block award is twice as much as the proof of stake. So even if you're an early adopter, your relative control of the network is constantly being diluted down, and that was very intentional, right? Um, so you probably can have a large amount of influence just because Decred was very cheap, but you're, you were taking risk back then. And you are being compensated for that risk, essentially. You're not taking an early position and then able to maintain that position throughout the, the lifetime of the network, right? It, it constantly is diluting you down, so it trends towards decentralization. But to answer your original question, um, yes, we get a lot of hate from certain Bitcoin maximalists on Twitter. But there's also a large number. You'd be surprised how many uh, Bitcoin ma- or public Bitcoin maximists actually hold decred bags just quietly. And they won't tell anybody in public, but they'll tell people in private.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I would not be surprised in, in the slightest. I, I think, frankly, I'm shocked that it's taken me this long to look into it. And it was the same with Bitcoin, right? I, I came across Bitcoin by quite happenstance. Uh, my brother told me about it. I'd kind of always dismissed it, and Decred to me was just another alt. Uh, I hadn't really looked into it or anything like that. But once you look into it, you realize it's it's got a lot going for it. Right?
1: We do. We have a well. We have tended to stay under stayed under the radar a little bit. Um, I think one reason is because we just don't have a lot of drama in our community because we have these decision-making mechanisms. Mm-hmm. There's just not a lot of you know, disputes or fights that don't get resolved fairly quickly. Um, you know, we're not, we don't have uh, just a lot of problems that some of these other cryptocurrencies have had and have been publicized for. Um, but also, you know, we're mainly focused on just cranking out code, you know, building stuff. Um, like if you look at all the stuff Decred has put out over the past two or three years, it really is pretty astounding. Um, you know, we have Politea, We're working on a Lightning Network implementation. We just launched privacy features. We have our own SPV implementation. We're working on a true DEX um, that is uh, based on on-chain atomic swaps, where there's no no trading fees and it's just peer to peer. So. We just like to keep our heads down and just code and keep cranking out releases. So eventually, people will start taking notice, and by that time, Decred will be a force to be reckoned with.
0: So from a prioritization point of view, you mentioned a lot of things just now, you know, Politea, Lightning Network, the, the decks with the atomic swaps and those kind of things. Tell us a little bit about the process on, uh, on how those uh, objectives get prioritized and where you spend your time.
1: Sure. Um, I mean, the priority, the priority starts with uh, what we need in order to govern Decred as a project. So like when Decred first launched, the priority was on on-chain voting. So any hard fork changes in Decred have to be voted on on-chain um, and verified on-chain, whereas like Politea voting um, and proposal voting, that's all stored off-chain and then timestamped onto the Decred blockchain. Um, to prevent blockchain bloat. So we really only want what, what is absolutely necessary on-chain. So like when Decred first launched, the priority was on um, actually building out the on-chain voting and actually having a couple hard fork votes, which we did. And then once we did that successfully, you know, the next step was, okay, let's start building out Politea so that we can actually start governing how these the network treasury funds are spent. Um, and that has been in development for you know two years now. Um, And then, you know, the next step after that is is the SPV implementation, the Lightning Network implementation. So it's a very iterative approach as as far as prioritizing, where um, the most important stuff is the stuff we need to uh, use in order to run the network ourselves. But the main bottleneck is developers. So the way that these projects get started is, I mean, we have quite a few initiatives that we would probably like to start, but we just don't have the developers for. And so as Decred continues to grow and continues to attract more and more developers, we're actually able to devote resources to these other projects.
0: Yeah, look, that's not a a problem that's independent of crypto or or any business, really. Anywhere in the world, developers are a highly sought-after skill, right? And a highly sought-after resource. So. I guess that's that's one of my questions. There are literally thousands of open source projects and even closed source projects that are, are commanding the time and attention of developers. How do you plan on attracting more developers to the Decred projects?
1: So the approach we've been taking, it's really just been a, a slow and steady buildup over time. Um, and the way that, okay, let's say, we don't necessarily like put out or recruit directly the way that it works. If you want to become a developer for Decred, um, it's very much based on the open source ethos. We don't look at your background. We don't look at your resume. Um, you know, it's really not even important initially to, to know who you are. There are people I work with on a daily basis who I have no idea where they live or, you know, race, gender, nationality. I just know them from their username and the working relationship that we've built up over the past couple of years. So if you wanna become a Decor developer, it's open to anybody in the world, anywhere, um, and you come and you start contributing, right? The only thing we care about is your ability to add value to the project. Can you actually code, right? And so you prove that by, by actually doing it, showing up, picking a specific repo, a specific part of the project that interests you, And then going and looking through the issues and and fixing some bugs and just starting to interact with the other developers. Um, And if you've proven that, you know, you can code and you can add value, you'll be asked if you want to be brought on as a contractor. And so while this this methodology, it's it's definitely uh, unique to Decred and it, it. it doesn't allow us to grow super fast, but the developers that we do attract tend to be very high quality developers that stick around for a long time. And we're recruiting from a global talent pool, right? So I think this is like an underappreciated aspect that that people don't really realize is, is over time, um, Decred's ability to recruit from a global talent pool based solely on your actual abilities um, and nothing else. And then to actually be able to get paid in Decred. That's going to be a very strong network effect um, and it's it it uh it just takes time to build up that development team but it's it's a slow slowly but surely tight process
0: and what kind of particular development skills are you looking for
1: so all of our or the vast majority of our code bases are go line. we do all like the front end stuff would be JavaScript so um, you know we're always looking for for go developers there are you know all different parts of the project. You have like the Decred blocking store. You have Politeia. You have the DEX, the Lightning Network. It's really whatever interests you. Um, you know, nobody will tell you what you have to work on, or, or like I said, it's very much based in that open source ethos where we find that people work better if they enjoy what they're working on and it actually interests them.
0: Yeah. So. It's it's something I've talked about with friends in the past. And, you know, I think in the future for our children and the younger generation, if you don't understand some kind of coding language or anything like that, it'll be like not being able to read in medieval times or something like that. So if you wanted to learn a programming language like Golang or something like that, how would you recommend someone starts?
1: Uh, well, it depends on, like, somebody with zero experience.
0: Yeah, let, let's let's go with the lowest common denominator, Luke, let's, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I mean, the best way to start is to just, uh, so there's tons of, you want to start with a higher level language, maybe something like Python or something like JavaScript, and there are tons of resources available um, for that type of stuff. But the, main, the most important thing is to just start building things. Um, you know, anything that interests you, like the way you get better at code is you just write code and write a lot of it. Um, and the more you write, the better you'll get. So there is no like secret formula. You just have to like jump in and just start building things.
0: Yeah. I think that's, there can't be enough said about that. That's, uh, if you're interested in doing it, you get to contribute to a project you really like and you like the ethos, uh, where they're going, and, you know, the overall, you said at the start, you want to be part of something that's much bigger than you. And there's no better way than actually putting skin in the game than contributing from a coding point of view, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, my time is my most valuable asset. So the fact that I'm contributing it all to Decred, you know, I can't... Yeah, that's that's holds a lot more weight than me just like, you know, shilling a, a cryptocurrency on Twitter or something like that. And the fact that I get... of my income is in decred, right? So you can't get much more skin in the game than that.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I guess that leads me to another question. So I want to understand a little bit about the inflation rate and the mechanics around that. So I... I did a, a little bit of research and looking into it, and I think you're probably about the same stage as Bitcoin was in about its third year or, 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 the, or thereabouts. Can you talk a little bit about the metrics around the inflation uh, model for Decred?
1: Sure. So the inflation rate, it's the same as Bitcoin's inflation rate, but instead of a happening every four years, it smoothed out. It's just a smoothed out curve where it adjusts on a monthly basis instead. Um, so, in general, Decred agrees with Bitcoin on all the major technical issues, um, you know, the, the block size debate, whether you should scale layer one or layer two, you know, a limited scripting language versus a Turing complete scripting language, um, the importance of proof of work. We agree with Bitcoin on all of these things and all we've kept just about all these things the same, except for made small improvements, you know, where it made sense, like smoothing out the inflation rate curve. Um, and then the big changes that we made were on this social issue of governance, which has a lot more to do with, you know, uh, how humans interact with one another and 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 uh, human incentives and aligning incentives. So in general, Decred and Bitcoin will, will take a lot of the same stances on technical issues.
0: You, you mentioned something about Turing complete and Turing compatible, which. You know, this week with Google's latest news or whether it's actually true or not about the, the quantum computing. Are, are there any um, mitigating factors within the Decred platform that would help prevent against any issues against the the, the quantum computing, hacking the network and, and breaking the network?
1: Yeah, so I think it's a bit premature for projects to actually start necessarily incorporating preventative measures. But the... You know, one of the main concepts behind Decred is the fact that since we have this ability to incorporate hard fork changes in a decentralized manner, we don't necessarily have to worry about these far off problems until they actually start posing a real threat. You know, you could think of, um, you know, the, the quantum issue as one of them. You could think of whether or not the fee market will be able to sustain the security of the network as another one. You know, there's a lot of unknowns like technology. Like I said, technology is very hard to predict. And trying to optimize for problems that won't be an issue for another 10 years, you're just not gonna, you don't have enough information to be able to make smart decisions right now. So our mentality is we have a way to incorporate hardcore changes so when something actually becomes a problem or, or starts posing a threat, we can gather up all the information at that time and make the best decision
0: at that point. Yeah, you have the governance mechanisms in place, Uh, And it's not just decided by the miners, so to speak. So that's uh, one tick decred. (laughs) (laughs) So you've mentioned previously uh, a layer two solution like the Lightning Network, which has only really come to the forefront of uh, the Bitcoin network over the last maybe year or 18 months. How how did that work for you guys? Have you simply just adapted to what Bitcoin are doing as a layer two solution or, you know, talk, talk a little bit around that.
1: Yeah, sure. So the Lightning Network, it is just another protocol, right? And so there are protocol specifications called bolts and they are, you know, just written out in English how it should work. And then if you're a developer, you can take those protocol specifications and you can pick your programming language of choice and you can turn it into code for uh, whichever cryptocurrency you want, right? So there are um, some cryptographic primitives that a, a project has to have in order to be able to run the Lightning Network on top of it, but as long as you adhere to, you know, those Bolt specifications, uh, the, the Lightning Network that you build out should be compatible with Um, the Lightning Network on another another chain. So the Lightning Network that Decred is building out will be interoperable with the Bitcoin Lightning Network, meaning just like you can do on-chain cross-chain atomic swaps, you will be able to do Lightning Network cross-chain atomic swaps. Um, And the way that it actually works from a code perspective is, so Lightning Labs is, there's a couple different Bitcoin Lightning Network implementations um the Golang Bitcoin Lightning Network implementation is probably one of the most popular ones. It's being built out by Lightning Labs. It's probably the one most people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. And uh that Lightning Network implementation actually, since it's in Golang, it's actually it uses BTC Suite and is built on top of BTC Suite, which is that Golang Bitcoin implementation that the, the Decred developers originally built. Um, and so when we're building out our Lightning Network, we essentially will pull in uh, a lot, of, we'll pull in the changes that Lightning Labs pushes to their code base and then we'll adapt them um, and port them over so that they work with Decred. Um, so it's it's certainly not as simple as, you know, like the situation Litecoin has with Bitcoin where only a couple of parameters are tweaked. There are significant ch- uh, changes that are needed when porting code between Bitcoin and Decred. Like it's a big effort, but it's possible. And so we are still able to benefit from all the work and development that Lightning Labs is doing on their implementation and adapt it to Decred.
0: And I suppose as far as creating a user wallet or an interface is concerned, this is where, you know, anyone in the community can submit a proposal on on Politea and, you know, go for it, basically.
1: Yeah, they could. um, But the way that we're heading is, so we already have a, a desktop wallet called Decrediton. With a really nice UI Um, and one nice part about you know all the funding coming from the network treasury a single source is that we can integrate all these services together meaning we can build everything into just our desktop wallet so that's what we're doing Um, you'll be able to send you know normal on-chain transactions you'll be able to send lightning network transactions our privacy features will eventually be incorporated into just this nice single wallet that uh you don't have to worry about you know downloading all these different clients from from different companies but um yes all the kind of going back to the politea point right now a lot of the core development work is not on politea just because the process of moving all that onto politea um it just it's in the process of happening it just hasn't happened yet so if you wanted to build a wallet for decred your best bet would be, I mean, you could absolutely submit a proposal to Politea, but your best bet would be to come and start contributing to the existing projects that Decred has ongoing.
0: Okay. And and as far as what is ongoing, what are you working on specifically at the moment, Luke?
1: Yeah. So I work on Politea um, okay. and, and have been for about the past year and a half.
0: Okay. I want to understand from... You know, going back to the devil's advocate role again, uh, you know, the, the Bitcoin guys always talk about the best thing that Satoshi Nakamoto could have ever done was leave. You know, there's no central authority figure or anything like that. Is, is it the same for Decred? Are, are the people that were involved originally, are they still present? What's the situation there?
1: Yeah, so the original Decred developers, um, there's a, a group called Company Zero, um, and those are really the the original guys that built out Decred, um, and they're still absolutely involved with all different parts of the project. So, I agreed that the best thing Satoshi could have done was leave. And this kind of gets into you know a lot of people will say in Bitcoin that Bitcoin doesn't have leaders, and I'll I take I, I disagree with that point, right? Mm-hmm. Like a title is not necessarily ma- what makes a leader, right? And so. Any project has to have leaders in order to push that project forward. You know, a movement without leaders is a movement that's not going anywhere. But the important part is whether or not uh, those leaders have control over the project or whether they can be replaced. Like, for instance, in Decred, if we wanted to, we could defund all of the original contributors right now and switch out leadership to, you know, some other group of individuals uh, or the stakeholders could, right? It's, It's entirely up to the stakeholders. Um, The stakeholders decide, you know, which hard fork changes get incorporated into the chain. So basically the direction of the project and how those treasury funds are being spent. Um, So we don't necessarily have to be worried about, you know, having leadership in place um, because of the fact that at the end of the day, the stakeholders have all of the control. And like I said before, I don't think you want a project without leaders. You know, leaders are important for pushing things forward and having vision and, and, you know, just keeping things on track.
0: So I think about 50% of the decred that's ever been mind or available is being staked at the moment. So, you know, once again, devil's advocate hat on, you know, some nefarious uh, entity goes and purchases the rest of the 50% of the decred and they then have a, a tremendous voting power in the way that the, uh the governance of the project is run what stops are in place to kind of stop that from happening
1: So well, there's a couple of different things that that we could talk about here um, hypothetically yes somebody could acquire such a large stake in, in practice that would be incredibly difficult if not impossible but even so um the way that that it works with with purchasing tickets and voting is that it's dynamically priced meaning There's a set number or there's a ticket pool that contains all of the decred tickets. When you stake your decred, you purchase what we call a ticket. Um, And when you purchase a ticket, it gets put into the ticket pool. Every block, five tickets get selected from the ticket pool to validate the the block to basically validate um, the the previous block being added to the blockchain. And that's also when they, they cast their voting for any types of governance issues. But when you purchase tickets, the price that you purchase a ticket at adjusts based on supply and demand. So that ticket pool targets a set, a fixed amount, just under 41,000 tickets. And so if you have somebody come in and buy up a lot of Decred um, in order to try and influence a single vote, what you're gonna see is that that ticket price is gonna start dramatically spiking. So even if they were to buy up like a you know 10% of all Decred, that doesn't mean they're gonna be able to have 10% of all tickets necessarily, uh, or, or more than that. It, it just depends on uh, as they buy, continue to buy more and more tickets, that price is going to increase more and more. And there's only a set number of tickets that can be added per block. Uh, there's only 20 tickets can be purchased per block. So you can't just go in and buy like a thousand tickets all at once, right? So it has to be a very gradual process that you're going to do over a extended period of time. And longer you are purchasing tickets throughout that process, the higher the price is and Uh, basically, you know, the more you'll be paying, the less you'll be able to actually influence the vote. But not only that, when you purchase a ticket, your decred is locked up for an average of 28 days, but up to five months. So if you want to influence any single vote, you are, you're going to be subjected to the market volatility that results from that vote, right? And that's another just aspect of having skin in the game, uh, making sure that, you know, these votes can't, somebody can't just come in, buy a bunch of tickets, to swing a boat and then immediately dump on the market. Right. Um, it's just not possible.
0: That's one of the things I loved about the project. You know, it's not there for a speculative trade. If you buy Decred it's because you're interested in partaking in the community. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's, it's a really important aspect. There's, there's basically, there's like five or six different things that Decred gets just right. As far as like incentive alignment, Um, and this locking the tickets up for that extended period of time to make sure that you have skin in the game. If you're participating in governments, that's one of those really important details that other projects that might do hybrid proof of work, proof of stake, miss staking,
0: staking really interests me. Uh, I am not one of those guys that has a computer on all the time, so I can't be always running a node and whatnot. Is is there any way for someone like me to stake and partake in the community without running a node full time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple ways to stake. Um, you can do it full time if you want to, but a lot of people, especially if they don't have huge positions, um, they don't necessarily want to do that, like like yourself. And so we have what are called VSPs, voting service providers. And the way those work is you delegate your voting uh, authority to a VSP. They don't have the ability to spend your funds. Your funds are totally safe. The only thing they have to do, or the only thing they're able to do is cast a vote on your behalf, so that when your ticket then gets selected from the ticket pool, you don't have to have a node online. The VSP that you use will cast it on your behalf, and they take a small cut, a small fee, and then you get your your
0: block reward for voting. Okay, yeah, that's quite interesting. And is is a is the VSP a separate entity? What how are they set up?
1: Yes, so I believe. There's about of the of the decred being staked about 50% use VSPs at the moment, and a VSP it's basically just we provide the code that uh, for you to run, and it's basically anybody that wants to run one can can set one up. Um, you just have to have some you know basic DevOps skills to be able to run the VSP server and and you know keep it available at all times. So there's a very low barrier to setting up a VSP um, and Because of that, there's quite a lot of competition Um, and that's good. That's what we want. We want there to be a lot of options um, because any, you know, centralized point, you know, would is undesirable. And so anybody can run a VSP. Um, You know, you don't need approval from Decred or anybody else. Uh, If you want to get listed on the Decred website or in Decrediton, then there is a process that you have to go through, but that's not required if you don't want to.
0: Yeah, okay. I'm definitely going to be looking into that further. Um, And privacy, you guys have been working on privacy uh, a lot recently and you've just brought a solution out. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Luke?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so we just launched a privacy implementation and it uses uh, CoinShuffle++, which is a coin mixing implementation. So if you're familiar with Bitcoin, you're probably familiar with Wasabi and CoinJoin. It's very similar to that. Mm-hmm. So it is an opt-in type privacy where the base layer stay, stays auditable and it doesn't use any type of complex cryptography, right? It's a s- simple, elegant solution. Uh, the actual code for it is only a couple hundred lines. So it can be thoroughly audited. Um, and it, there's a unique aspect to Decred because Decred has this proof of stake aspect where 50% of all Decred in circulation is constantly being locked up and locked and staked, it means that we have a constant churn of transactions that we can use in order to increase the anonymity set of, of this privacy. So maybe let me just back up a little bit. So if you're not familiar, the way that coin mixing works is you basically take a bunch of inputs, you throw them into a metaphorical hat, mix them up, And then when you pull them out, they all have a shared denomination, and you can't actually link which inputs correlate to which outputs, right? But if, let's say, only three people are using this, right, it's still not that difficult to make correlations between three inputs and three outputs. And so the more people using these coin mixing services, the better privacy they actually provide. Um, and in Bitcoin, right, this is this is the challenge with any type of optional privacy is how big is the anonymity set? Mm-hmm. Um, and in Bitcoin with Wasabi Wallet, you can do a very similar thing. But Decred, because of our proof of stake aspect um, and because of this constant turn of text and 50 percent of Decred being turned over on a monthly basis, we have the potential to actually substantially increase the anonymity set to something that could not really ever be replicated in a cryptocurrency project like Bitcoin. So we have the potential to be more fungible than Bitcoin while still being able to maintain the same base layer auditability, which for a store of value is extremely important, right? You need to be sure that there aren't any hidden inflation bugs anywhere. Um, And the fact that we don't use complex cryptography to do this just adds to those store value properties because the, the the more complexity you have, the more potential for bugs, the more potential for attacks that you have, um, especially when you get into um, you know, cutting edge cryptography um, and you know, some of the issues that Zcash has had in the past, it it just doesn't lend itself well to a store value property. So Decred has taken the much more, uh, instead of using a, you know, cutting edge cryptography or an academic approach, we use a, an elegant engineering approach.
0: So uh, the Bitcoin Maxis. they will say that Bitcoin is by far and away the most secure cryptographical network out there and that it's it's impossible to do a, a hash attack or anything like that. H- how does Decred make itself so secure as a store of value?
1: Sure. So Bitcoin is absolutely right. I mean, they are by far the most secure network because they are the most costly to attack um, mm-hmm. things like 51% attacks. And that is dire- that is directly correlated to a cryptocurrency's market cap, right? The more um, expensive it is and harder to attack, ideally, the, the safer that store value is going to be. So what's interesting in the hybrid proof-of-work, of stake model is that on a per market cap basis, let's say that we have Decred and then a just pure proof of work coin with the same exact market cap of Decred. Decred is going to be roughly 20 times more expensive to 51% attack because of this hybrid model. Because in order to 51% attack Decred, not only do you have to purchase the hash power that you would normally in just a pure proof of work network, you also have to purchase the stake that then validates that hash power. And so it, it lends itself to being, on a per market cap basis, an order of magnitude more expensive to attack. So what this means is that if Decred can get to just 5% of Bitcoin's market cap, that it will actually be more expensive to 51% attack Decred than it would be to uh, 51% attack Bitcoin. And that is, I mean, that's huge, um, especially if all this other technology comes together that i've been talking about right if we're able to be more fungible than bitcoin if we're able to be um you know more expensive to attack we're not right now but it's possible and the potential is there and that's why people are saying that decred is you know the best hedge for bitcoin that you can get it's the only cryptocurrency that can claim any of those things
0: yeah absolutely so from A adoption point of view and a use case point of view, uh, what are you guys focused on at the moment to get your name out there and and make sure people are using you for your explicit purposes?
1: We have all these ongoing projects, right? We're mostly, but we're still in the infrastructure phase, essentially. Mm -hmm. Decred is only three and a half years old, so we're still very young and we're still building out the technology that allows us to run the project efficiently, essentially. Um, And so we're not that focused on things like, um, you know payments or things like that. Um, we are bring our are interested in smart institutional investors that have been uh, coming onto the project and participating in the governance process. but as far as adoption, um, that word can be kind of convoluted just depending on who you talk to. like what specifically do you mean by adoption?
0: Yeah, it's true. It, I guess. Decred or the or the way that I understand it is it, it wants to be seen as a store of value, um, maybe a currency down the line with lightning and, you know, ultimately the end goal will be a method of exchange. Uh, you know, it's, it's not really tangible uh, at this point in time with something that's so young, but I guess I want to understand, you know, the long term time horizon where Decred sees itself in five to 10 years time from a, a wider community perspective? How will they see Decred as a project?
1: So I think it will follow in a very similar path to Bitcoin as far as adoption goes. Um, And so where Bitcoin was, you know, three and a half years into its life cycle, Decred is probably in a similar place, maybe a little bit ahead just because of uh, the advantages it had that it launched at a later date um, when more things were known. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it'll be very similar to how the Bitcoin community has grown. I think Decred will be um, the number two store of value, second only to Bitcoin, and it will be known as the hedge against Bitcoin or the hedge for Bitcoin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a good way to look at it. Uh, I, like I said, I, I love Bitcoin, but the more I find out about Decred, the more I want to know. So, you know, on that point, how would you suggest people from the wider crypto community get involved and learn more about Decred in the building and the testing of, of the project. Sure.
1: Um, so if you want to learn more about Decred, uh, docs.decred.org is probably the place you want to go. Um, we have some pretty comprehensive documentation. Um, if you want to start you know, just learning more about the community, come and join our, our, our matrix server. So if you go to decred.org community, there's going to be links that you can follow to, um, to all of our chat platforms. We have them all bridged, so if you're on Slack or if you're on Riot or if you're on Discord, they all connect to one another and if you send a message on one, it will get broadcast to all of them. So any of those chat platforms work. Um, and yeah, just start coming, interacting. Check out Politea. A lot of the conversation around where the project is going, what the roadmap is, it all happens on Politea. Um, and so those are the three places I would recommend people go if they want to learn more, if they want to get involved.
0: Now, I really appreciate you coming on the show today, Luke. And how about you? How about uh, how can people get in touch with you if they want to uh, catch up with you and ask you some questions about Decred?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Matrix or on Twitter, both uh, at Luke BP. And I'm happy to answer any questions. So please reach out.
0: No, I really appreciate it. Once again, thanks from the uh, Daily Chain. Thanks for coming on the show and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you soon and see how the Decred project's going in a little while.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on.
0: Good man. Cheers, Luke. Well, there you have it. If you don't feel like going out and learning more about this project after that show, I can't help you. I'm excited to see what the team manager come up with in the long term. And Politea is no doubt excellent governance model. Once again, thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, remember to share it with your friends. And if you didn't like it, share it with your enemies. Drop us a follow and reach out to The Daily Chain Pod on Twitter or mark at the See you all next time.
1: You've just listened to The Daily Chain Podcast. Make sure you visit thedailychain.com to keep up to date with the latest and most exciting news and projects.